the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Powered by the Wall Street Business Network. This is Business 1440. KYCR. Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Virginia Democratic Governor Ralph Northam is apologizing for being part of a racist yearbook photo in 1984 and asking for a chance to regain the public trust. More from correspondent Jackie Quinn. Democrat Ralph Northam took office in 2018 and is now facing a political crisis over a med school yearbook page from 1984, which shows two people, one in blackface, one in a Ku Klux Klan costume, and he admits that one of them is him. Meanwhile, the chairman of Virginia's Republican Party, Jack Wilson, notes that Florida's Secretary of State, Michael Ertl, recently resigned when similar racially tainted photos of him came to the surface. Democrats were clearly um, renouncing that. Uh, I'll be interested to see what other Democrats in Virginia and around the nation do. Planned Parenthood is now among those calling on Northam to resign as well. This is SRN News. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat. Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-11 to 85850. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. I was thinking recently on how much I dislike buying or selling a car or making any large purchases. No matter what happens, I end up thinking I got the short end of the deal. I have a sneaking suspicion that many of you are just the same as me. I'd like to let you know that if you have us in your home, we will not pressure you into anything. We will tell you what we see as your options, but we do not want you to do something that will give you buyer's remorse. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call today at 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.net. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. Next segment, Isaac Orr, Policy Fellow at the Center of the American Experiment, will come on to talk about how we, how we, some people didn't get their gas. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a few minutes, but I wanted to, wanted to just talk a little bit first about the, uh, about more about, about what happened with the statement and and let me let me back up talk about the fed communication strategy and maybe a little more detail for you here on the king banyan show this is 1440 glad to be with you we all remember alan greenspan fed chair for years and years um who started to make who was be called to make statements they should be to go back and in deep into the history of the Federal Reserve. Before the late 1970s, the Federal Reserve kind of avoided speaking in public 
as much as possible, and particularly not would not speak about monetary policy. You can invite a Fed governor or president to speak someplace, and they would give you some vague ideas about what's going on with um, what's going on in the economy. But in terms of what's happening with monetary policy, they would be vague as possible. Um, and Paul Volcker was probably the was one of the first people to speak, and his his statements were kind of guarded and oracle sounding alan greenspan even more so using very long very long words he he would make george will sound like a nursery room uh uh participant uh and once said said in response to somebody's questions that i think i i think i heard you clearly say x and he said if you think if if i spoke in a way that you clearly understood i must have misspoken Greenspan was not in the slightest bit interested in, in communicating clearly what, what he wanted, and there was a good reason for that. Belief in the efficacy, in the, effic- in, in the effectiveness of monetary policy in me- much of economic theory has depended on the distinction between expected and unexpected impacts of changes in policy. Expected changes in policy are supposed to affect the economy in different ways than surprises. When Ben Bernanke replaced Greenspan, one of the things that Bernanke has emphasized, had emphasized when he came in was, we rely too much on surprising people. And we shouldn't be doing that because we're disrupting the economy when we do that. I have long favored that particular viewpoint. The Fed needs to be out of the, we're, we're going we're gonna to scare you into doing something. We're going to scare you, we're going to shock you, and make you do something you didn't expect to do. We're going to disrupt, which means basically we're going to disrupt your plans. So the Fed started with Bernanke to have these press conferences, Bernanke establishment four times a year. Bernanke, like me, has a background as an academic economist. He's comfortable talking about theory. He's comfortable talking about policy. But he had spent a lifetime thinking about, if I was chair of the Federal Reserve, how would I talk to the markets? And so he came with this idea. He came to the markets with this with, with this in mind. Janet Yellen is is also an academic. Uh, her husband uh, is a lifetime is a lifetime uh, George Akerlof is a lifetime uh, academic. Um, they and so she was pretty comfortable with the Bernanke style and went to it as well. So this is the world that, that Jay Powell has in, inherited, but Jay Powell is not an academic. He's a market participant. He was one of the people that had tried for years to sift the tea leaves of the vague statements of Greenspan and then the clearer statements made by Bernanke, and Bernanke in terms of trying to figure out what to do with in, in the marketplace. He was brought in to be a Fed governor early on in his life so he had spent time talking within the hallways of the fed and so when he became chair he'd been on both sides of it but it's not his natural milieu there are some areas in which he speaks clearly and i really think the two statements we played in the last segment he had spoken clearly about here's what he hasn't spoken clearly about and why i get frustrated with 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 him he doesn't speak well about the balance sheet and the and quantitative tightening. He stumbles through this answer. So he gets a question that it was a little sharp edge question from Steve Leesman, who's a reporter at CNBC. And he's asking about the runoff and, and and he says he says to him, you know, did the committee discuss an actual change to the runoff policy or the runoff schedule right now? Is that under consideration? And, 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 and he says something to the effect of, I have to nail this, down this thing. You guys, Fed folks, keep mentioning the market average or market outlook for the size of the balance sheet. And, and it's just, I, did, I didn't have this recorded, but you need to hear Powell answer this thing or at least try to answer this thing. This is cut number two, Andrew. Please play it. What we're looking to do is create a whole plan that will bring us to our goal, our longer-run goal, which is a balance sheet no larger than it needs to be for us to efficiently conduct, efficiently and effectively conduct, conduct monetary policy, but to do so in a way that doesn't put our goals at risk or result in unnecessary market turmoil. So there are a lot of pieces to that 
And, and we've learned over time that it's when making these, when designing these plans, like for example the original normalization plan, it's good to take your time, let the best ideas rise to the top, let them stand the test of time and argument, and then move when you're really comfortable with what you've got and when you feel you can communicate it clearly. So I don't want to get ahead of that process today. So that just sounds a lot, a lot of words. Do you have any idea what his answer to the question is? Remember, the question is, is did the committee discuss an actual change in runoff policy? You could have just answered that yes and no. Okay, he does later, but he first goes through this whole, this whole piece here. And, 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 and Andrew, trying to make Mr. Powell sound a little bit better, clipped out a bunch of ums in the middle of it. He's, he's stumbling through this answer. I'm sorry, Chairman Powell, how did you not know this question was coming? It's all people have talked about the entire month of January. Here you are at the end of January, on the 30th of January. You get this question, and you just gave us whatever that was, about 40 seconds, that sounded a whole lot like word salad. And so he presses, he, so Leesman gets to the end of it and says, so just to clarify, I'm sorry, you did discuss reducing the pace of the runoff? And he and and Paul tr- takes another run at it. Play cut number three, please. We're, I'm not going to give uh, our estimate or ratify anybody else's estimate of what the equilibrium balance sheet is here today. There are estimates out there, but I'm not at a, at a point today where I'm going to be giving out numbers on that. But there are there are estimates, and I think they're consistent with what I said, broadly speaking. Well, a I don't know what you said. B, except for that last sentence, I would have been fine if you had been, if you had just given those two sentences. I'm going to read them to you from the transcript. I'm not going to give our estimate or ratify anybody else's estimates of what the equilibrium balance sheet is here today. There are estimates out there. I'm not at a point where I'm going to be giving out numbers on that. In other words, just say, we don't know what the balance sheet should be yet. We're still working on it. Okay? And he does say in that follow-up, he says, you know, Hey, no decision's been made, um, and we're still in discussion on it. I know that's not a good answer, but they, he actually showed up without an answer to a question that he had to know he was going to have. And so his choice was to tap dance for approximately a minute on in terms of trying to answer the questions that he got. It was it was brutal. Let me play. Let me play. Uh, here he is. Uh, this is actually in response, I believe, to a to a different person asking pretty much the same question. I think this is this is uh, this is back to uh, Nick uh, Timaros from uh, Wall Street Journal tries to answer the question one more time. Play cut number five, please. These are great questions. Let me say that um, the, the question of of the ultimate composition of our balance sheet in the longer run is a very important one. And it's one that we see ourselves as coming to, you know, fairly soon, as, as in incoming meetings. It won't be the first thing we, we work on, but it'll be one of the first things that we try to resolve. We've had, we had discussions at a, one of the last two meetings on this, and we haven't come to a, we haven't come to a judgment on that. And, I, you know, I, I wouldn't comment beyond saying that we understand that's, that's a key question, and there are, there are you know, there are... Uh, issues to be decided there are benefits and costs to doing to taking different approaches and I, I wouldn't want to prejudge them today so in other words he didn't finish his homework assignment they had to know this question was coming and so in response to three questions now Jay Powell says basically we're not ready to come up with an answer for that we not only don't know what the size of the balance sheet should be but we don't know what the composition of the balance sheet should be between mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, whether we should be holding 10 years or 1 years or 5 years or 30 years. We don't have an answer to that yet. Okay. If you don't know, just say, we don't know. We're working through that issue. I'm not ready to talk about that yet, and I won't be able to, I won't be able to answer any questions on that today. There's a way to handle that question, and he flubbed it. And, frankly, he deserves a fair amount of criticism for not having to answer that question. That would be like my student deciding not to answer one of the essay questions that I told them they had to answer. 
So let me switch switch gears for you in a minute. Well, we may have a little bit more to talk about the Fed after after we talk to our guests coming up in the next segment, but let's just talk about this a second. So it gets down as cold as it is. If you're listening to me here on Business 1440, and if you're listening to me on the radio uh, here here right now, you experienced 25, 30 degree below zero temperatures. So did we up here. It was pretty. It was pretty bad up here. I got up. Uh, I got up Wednesday morning. It was minus 34 outside my bedroom window. Um, my wife and I are are not young people anymore. We think of ourselves as being decidedly middle aged. Um, and as you age, you like your your homes a little bit warmer. So we had initially we typically run our thermostats in the in the high 60s you know and my i think when i leave my wife likes it likes it a little warmer than i do she might nudge it up to 70 i don't much complain about it my wife gets a phone call from her sister to tell her you know that xl energy is saying we got to turn our heat down and my wife says to me did you know that and i said what what are we talking about so immediately i go on to the I go on to the, the website of my local newspaper, and sure enough, it says right there, they're urging all people in Minnesota to turn down their heat. What was that about? Well, it turns out we may have had a shortage of gas. Why did we have a shortage of gas? Because to me, it's like, yeah, it was really cold this week. You live in Minnesota. I'm thinking of a Sam Kinison bit, which I can't play for you because it's got some naughty words in it. But I'm thinking of the bit where they talk about, you see this, this is, he says, hey, you see, this is sand. Okay, you're in a desert. Sand is here. Nothing grows here. If you want food, you should probably not be in a desert. If you want warmth, you probably shouldn't live in Minnesota in the wintertime. So how did we end up being caught without enough gas? We'll find out after this. We have an Isaac Orr from the Center of the American Experiment to talk about was there a shortage of gas, and how did that happen? Isaac will be helping us here to answer that here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Us Minnesotans, we're tough, and we know cold, which is why we've prepared and responded to the coldest weather in decades. We're putting safety first by moving Prepare and Respond on air. Join us Sunday, February 10th at 6 p.m. on our sister station, AM 980, The Mission. Our keynote speakers will still present on blocking cyber threats, planning for a crisis situation, and more. But now you can listen from the comfort and safety of home. Prepare and Respond is supported by Henningsen and Snoxel. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. 
That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. Viruses and malware can cause a lot of problems with your computers, especially downtime while you reinstall Windows. Did you know Arby's can clean your PC often without having to reinstall Windows, reconnecting your printers, or having to reload all your programs? Let Arby's take care of the viruses so you can get back to work. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. 651-289-4477. The number of call questions and comments where you'll find, uh, where we find right now is our guest, uh, Isaac Orr. He's policy fellow at the Center of the American Experiment in Golden Valley. Uh, Isaac, good morning. How are you today? Oh, I am fantastic. I can't wait to enjoy this balmy 38-degree weather. Yeah, I th- you're, do I remember right? You're a Wisconsin guy? I uh, grew up there, yeah, on a dairy farm. Okay, so you're used to being able to go out early in the morning and on a cold day and, you know, feed the cows and uh, and get them milked and so on. So, so uh, can I, can, is it fair to say even in Wisconsin as well as in Minnesota, a minus 30 degree day is unusual, but something that you, you can't just say, well, that never happens. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so if I was selling energy that was used to heat your barn or my home, wouldn't my energy modeling include the likelihood that we would have a day like that? Well, we keep the cows in the barn at night just to make sure that that body heat keeps the barn. But yeah, absolutely. You would want your modeling to be able to, I don't know, work in a worst case scenario. Yeah. So that that's that's fine. So I so uh, I don't know wh- where in in the twi- I assume you live for not too far away from the center's office in, over in Golden Valley. So so you're right. but you're familiar with with Minnesota. I live I live right at the edge of between Stearns and Benton County, and uh, I can see Sherbert. I you know to, to paraphrase a, a famous politician once, I can see I can see Sherburne County out my office window. Um, yep. So <laughs> so. I know where Sherbrooke County is. Princeton's about 25 miles from 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 where I'm sitting right now, uh, and there and there's a township outside of Princeton called Baldwin, and Baldwin is a kind of a rural community, uh, and they had an issue with gas this week when the temperatures got down to that minus 30, didn't they? Well, yeah, they had to cut people off from their gas. I mean, Excel Energy was going around and giving people electric base heaters. So they could heat their homes with electricity, which was provided by Sherburne County coal-fired power plants. Um, so it was it was a disaster, and it could have been really bad. It could have been death. Well, it seems so. And in fact, uh, I'm looking at a story that's on uh, that's on the website of uh, Public Radio, uh, and it's a picture of guys in XL uni- outfits carrying the space heaters into a hotel in Princeton, uh, where they took many apparently took a fair number of people. Uh, from this, um, uh, uh, out of uh, Baldwin Township, I, I I think was it just Baldwin, or were there other areas in in Sherburn that uh, they had to pull people out of? Uh, Princeton, I think, was one of the main areas. One hundred and fifty okay. people, uh, yeah. one hundred and fifty customers or homes had to be evacuated. Yeah. So, 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 uh, tell me, uh, uh, Isaac or. Um, so, gas natural gas is used to provide heat. Uh, by XL Energy. Is that the only source of their heat? Uh, so that's going to be the only source of heat that it does, but uh, they also provide electricity for people. So 66% of homes in Minnesota are heated by natural gas, but the next largest contingency is electricity. So you need reliable sources of electricity in order to make sure that people have heat if they're using electric heat. Right. 
Right. So when 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 Excel's making decisions about how to buy natural gas, which apparently it has to buy entirely from from out of state sources, right? And they they has to be sent sent down through distribution lines uh, to us. Um, it's making that choice based on what it sees being market ish market. Uh, what the market is, what the demand is, that modeling for the potential of a minus 30-degree day. Sure. Okay, so so here's, here's at, at base of the question. Okay, you have a piece that's in the Star Tribune uh, that we've tweeted out to them, and I'll, I'll retweet it one more time to make sure listeners who didn't follow our feed at Pound KBRS see it. You had a piece in the Star Tribune saying yesterday which, in which you make the argument that the renewable energies mandate is part of the issue here in terms of in minnesota it's part of the issue in why these 150 customers of excel did not have energy did not have heat for their homes on a brutally cold day so that's part of it for sure so a lot of people think that replacing coal-fired power plants with wind and solar is possible and in reality it isn't you can replace a coal-fired power plant with wind and solar, but you also need equal parts natural gas. And on Wednesday morning, I woke up, I looked at, there's this really cool app called Electricity Map, and it'll tell you what sources of electricity are generating at real time. And wind was producing 4% of the electricity in our area, and it was only operating at 25% of its utilized or potential capacity. So it was operating at 24% of its potential output. So we have a system where we burn natural gas in order to make up the difference when the wind isn't blowing because natural gas plants can be turned on or turned off very quickly. So we had to burn more natural gas in power plants because the wind wasn't blowing, and that probably, I mean, had a very significant impact on uh, Excel's need to tell people to ration their natural gas because they didn't have enough for home heating. Right. And so, and so, all right. So, uh, Isaac, I, I, I think you've had some, edu- I, I think we talked about this before. You've had some education economics. Uh, you and I are both friends with John Phelan, who also works, works with you there at the center. Okay. When we teach economics, what do we teach is the thing that rations uh, uh, resources. It's prices. That's what markets yep. use. What ha- the price? Why didn't the price system work here? <laughs> well, people don't pay for the natural gas by the therm, and they don't pay different prices. So there's really no transparency. It's kind of like healthcare. Everyone just assumes that their insurance is going to pay for it. When it comes to um, natural gas, it's all a regulated utility. So the price is just spread over the entire bill. Uh, it's built into like a fuel rider on your utility bill. So there's really no real-time demand and, or response to increases in prices. So that's one thing, um, and that's a very important issue. So I think that it technology, or technology is going to help resolve some of that in the future because it just makes that information more available in real time. Right. But, you know, so to go back, you one of the, one of the points you're making, I think, is that is that, and I want to be sure I understood you correctly, some of the natural gas that could have been used to heat homes because the wind was not blowing on Wednesday, unlike Tuesday when it was blowing pretty strong. On Wednesday, it wasn't blowing strong enough to create more than 4% of the energy supply of Minnesota. So they had to burn gas for electrical purposes to compensate for the, for the fact that the wind wasn't blowing. Is that Did I understand yeah. you correctly? That's, that's perfect. 26% of the natural gas in my though came from um, burning natural, or 26% of the electricity, sorry, uh, came from burning natural gas in, in that area. So, I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to spend $15 billion like we have on wind, you should at least be able to rely on it when you need it most. But it's not even that it was too cold for the wind to blow. I've seen some people try to, you know, besmirch my article based on that fact. It's just sometimes the wind blows, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the capacity factor, so how often the wind produces electricity in Minnesota, is like 36%. So you've got a two-thirds chance, essentially, that you're not going to get any power from it. So I just don't think it's it's smart to invest all that money in something that you can't, A, use, and you can't decide when you use it. Right. Uh, now, 
Now, according to the uh, public radio piece that came out, I think I think just after your piece, one of the things that was pointed out is that Centerpoint Energy, which is another gas utility here in Minnesota, did not send out the notice to tell people. I mean, I'm, I'm up in St. Cloud. I live in St. Cloud. Yep. And and St. Cloud in St. Cloud, we're being told turn down turn down your your thermostat to 63 degrees, right? And but if yep. I was on Centerpoint, I didn't get that call. I think there was no notice to me. So why would Center, why would Excel have this issue and Centerpoint not? You know, that's really interesting. And the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission is asking those questions. We're going to find that out in the next couple of days, probably, or at least in the in the next few months. Like they're going to probably. This is incredibly embarrassing. This should not have happened. So Excel's probably not going to try to publicize this very much. But maybe Centerpoint just had more adequate modeling. Maybe it's a factor of you know, one thing that I heard was there's a lot more growth in the excerpts of the Twin Cities in terms of new customers, new construction. So maybe their pipeline at, or infrastructure wasn't adequate. And Lord knows you can't build a fossil fuel infrastructure without getting protests. So, right. you know, some of this might have been a, a purchasing problem. Some of this might be an infrastructure problem, but it's all a political problem. So I wanted to compare this to, uh, in the energy field, I don't know how much you've been following it, Isaac. Uh, we're visiting with Isaac Gore from the Center of the American Experiment here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Isaac, I've been following, uh, because because such things interest me, and because I used to, before I moved here, I lived in Southern California. Um, I've been following the story of the bankruptcy filing this week of Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E. Um, yeah. And... and and, you know, one of the things that, that PG&E does, they, it turns out they have $40 billion in contracts for delivery of renewable energy, right? Yep. To, to And and they're selling it at a loss to other states because they can't use it in the, in the mm-hmm. California system. Now... Now I look at that and I compare this to what's happening at Excel, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put the question this way: Is the right. one of the reasons we don't have the distribution system heat to Baldwin Township because they because Excel has had to spend the money on buying renewable contracts? Do we have Do you have numbers on that? Do we have any idea of how much they're investing in those contracts? That's one thing that we're going to be exploring and. That is a question that we have been looking at before anyway, but this really turns up the heat on that. So I will get those numbers to you because that is an extremely fascinating thing, and especially because Excel toots its own horn about, oh, look how windy we are. And it's just an additional cost that, as we pointed out before, can't be relied upon. So, frankly, when it's negative 24 degrees, I'd rather Excel spend that marketing budget on making sure people have adequate natural gas. Right. And if they had gone out onto the marketplace, I promise this is the last question. I don't want to keep you too long. But, but the, oh, sure, the, sure. Uh, if, if they had wanted to go out and said, doggone it, we're short gas, we, we, we don't have enough for today, and, and we're, we've got low pressure in, in, the, in the distribution system through going through the Princeton region, could, A, could they have gone out and bought additional natural gas in the spot market, and B, how much additional money would it have cost? And, and I'll add C, how would they have been able to charge back to customers for that for that additional gas they bought? Oh, I'm sure all the costs would have been approved by the PUC just because that's, that's how it works. There is no real, I mean, Excel's profits are just a function of how much will the regulators let them profit. So right. I'm sure that the, the spot price would have been astronomical. I don't have those numbers offhand. I'm sure that Centerpoint, which seemed to have a very adequate supply of natural gas, would have been more than happy to sell some gas to Excel if they'd been willing to pay the right price for it. But I don't know. That's just that's me having an incomplete knowledge of how utility natural gas is traded, and I don't want to put too many words in mouths when I don't. I feel like I'd be outtaking my coverage if I tried to do that. And on a and on a week where we're we're talking about the Super Bowl, how perfect that that analogy is. Hey, Isaac, thank you so much. You're kind of my go-to guy to talk about talk about uh, these kinds of issues, and I really appreciate the knowledge you bring to this, and and the fact that you understand the limits to your knowledge. I I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Hey, anytime, King. Thank you.
Okay, thank you, Isaac. That's Isaac Gore from the Center of the American Experiment talking about talking about what we know and what we don't know yet about why was why were we out of gas. I've got a, I got a few more thoughts about this, and we'll get to them right after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. The Army National Guard is offering up to a $20,000 enlistment bonus and other tuition benefits to qualified candidates, including new recruits and those with prior military service. Already received your education or are currently in school? You may be eligible for up to $50,000 in student loan repayment. Get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Minnesota National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota State Broadcasters Association and this station. Have you ever applied for a home loan online, but actually ended up getting telemarketed to death by strange lenders from all over the country? Have you ever called the bank in hope of a good deal, but ended up being treated like a number? That's not how we operate. Hi, my name is Joe Metzler. I'm a senior loan officer with award-winning, locally-based Mortgages Unlimited. Here, I will do a full and proper review of your situation, then provide you with a smooth and stress-free process, and of course, get you an amazing interest rate that you can brag about. And don't worry, we will never sell your personal information to anyone. Reach out to me today to be treated like a person, not a number, at 651-552-3681 or online at imortgagejoe.com, imortgagejoe.com. That's imortgagejoe.com. Apply today, have an answer tomorrow. Mortgages Unlimited is an equal housing lender, not an offer to enter into an interest rate lock agreement. NMLS number 274132. This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. That was Reverend Martin Luther King's appeal to work as Soulcraft in his 1967 street sweeper speech at New Covenant Baptist Church in Chicago. All too often, it seems like those words are something close to blasphemy to leftist elites who invoke his name while seeking to expunge from history those names King called forth. Shakespeare, invoked by MLK, has today been dropped by Yale as required reading for English literature majors, and Yale is by no means alone. King argued the purpose of education was to, quote, teach one to think intensively and think critically, unquote. Today, the politicized professorate would rather students not think for themselves at all. It's a Shakespearean tragedy for black and white alike that so few of today's students do. I'm Dan Prof. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Step into Chet's shoes where good old-fashioned customer service is always in style. Check us out today for a custom-fitting and friendly one-on-one assistance. Chet's takes the time to get to know you and your job so that we can find you just the right boot. Our friendly staff knows the products we are selling and will never pressure you to buy anything. We've been finding people the appropriate footwear for over 70 years. In a world where people hide behind avatars and get lost in the aisles of a big box store, find friendly faces at Chet's who know and stand behind the products they sell. That's why if the shoe fits, you've been to Chats. Welcome back, King Banging Show. Business fourteen forty. Just some fascinating things. So I, I asked the question of Isaac or who just left us here. His Twitter handle is at the fracking guy, at the fracking guy. So he's got a viewpoint, right? And but I, I appreciate the fact that he didn't know the answer to one of my questions. I had, I already did know what the answer was. I just didn't I didn't really share it with him at that moment because I wanted him to be able to finish his point. Here's so the price of 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 natural gas uh, was running was running basically around. Um, uh, uh, in uh, million BTUs, okay? And so the price of a million BTUs of natural gas in the middle of January, and you would expect that it'd be a little bit higher in January when it's colder out, was running around $3. Last week, it went from $3 to $8 by midweek. 
I've just tweeted, if you're following us at using the hashtag pound KBRS, I just tweeted the, the, the number for you. This is the Midwest natural gas price. So, so you think about the price, because so, that would cover Minnesota, Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, all of the area that was in the polar vortex last week. When prices are allowed to ration, ration goods, and all of a sudden there's a sharp increase in demand that can't be met by a sharp increase in supply, prices adjust. Now, what happens when prices adjust? People start to conserve. People start to, start to say, well, I don't need it to be 70 degrees in here because I don't want to spend twice my normal amount of money. I actually, for a while... For a while, I have, because I prefer to do a lot of my work, uh, a lot of my bill paying online, I like getting the bills online and paying them online and getting the money back out the door. Right? That was the way I would have liked to have gone. However, however, what I, what didn't happen was what, what, what I would have, that's what I would have liked to have had happen. But my wife met, met my wife didn't see the electric bill she didn't see the gas bill and so when she's nudging that that temperature up to 70 in the house there's not a price signal telling her hey that costs money so i like my kids kids and i like even my wife to know hey some you know when you do x that costs money and so i want to give them a i wanted to give them a different uh, uh, give them that information by making sure that the electric bill and the gas bill come to the house. So I turned off receiving it by email, had it start coming in, and sure enough, the bill showed up yesterday, and she looked at it, and it, and it had a number that she thought was, was too high, and she said, maybe I shouldn't be running the heat at 70. And I'm like, y y you probably shouldn't. You probably should turn it down to turn it down a few degrees. That would That would help that bill. But if you do get cold, if you do have a uh, an issue, the prices work. This is what prices do. They allocate scarce resources. But the problem is, the problem is, the if they, if you can't pass on that one or two day increase from three dollars for a million therms, uh, a million BTUs to or thousand BTUs to eight, if you can't pass on a 167% increase in a day, you might prefer instead to tell everybody to turn the heat down. And when you have a monopoly supplier, you might decide you don't have a choice but turn the heat down because you don't you feel responsible. You don't want to be the one that causes somebody out in Baldwin to freeze. Right? You don't want to be that person. So you turn your heat. You, you, you turn your heat now. Okay. And again, I go back to the fact that if you if you take both what's happened in California, in which the electric utility is being held responsible for the wildfires that have happened out there, they're exposed to billions upon billions of dollars of liability. And part of why they could not reduce more, take out more brush, somehow make their situ their systems safer to prevent those wildfires which led you know to the destruction of towns uh, loss of life etc if you want to have that happen you should be aware that they've been asked for 40 that they've had to buy over 40 billion dollars worth of renewable energy contracts in order to meet California's renewable energy mandates they now are asking in the bankruptcy proceeding let us out of those contracts because we don't need that energy. We could produce the energy cheaper if we just use the energy that we produce here with our own plants, which rely on coal, which rely very little on coal in California, but rely on natural gas and on nuclear. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic that the same, in the not much closer to Princeton than St. Cloud, is Monticello, which has a nuclear plant that people want to have replaced, that has a coal-burning plant up in Becker that people want to have replaced and will be replaced with a natural gas plant. 
But that natural gas was being diverted from heat to electricity because what they had built in for the electrical grid relied on something that they couldn't use that day because the wind wasn't blowing fast enough. Uh, look, let me let me say, I am a fan of all of the above energy policies. I think they make a lot of sense to me. I think it's likely that in the next 10 to 15 years, the costs of providing solar and wind and other types of renewable energy will continue to decrease. Why? Because technology will move us in that direction. I also believe that a lot of the lot of the a lot of the things which impede the, the, the price system from allocating goods run into problems at times just like this. I think that's been a mate. I think that is an issue with what happened this week out there. However, I also would say that we subsidize every form of energy production. It would be my preference that we that we do none of that. I don't want to subsidize solar. I don't want to subsidize wind. I don't want to subsidize natural gas. I don't want to subsidize coal. Regrettably, I think the president likes choosing winning and losing places, and he's chosen to support coal. He chooses to support manufacturing. It's not an accident the jobs report continues to show strong growth in construction, strong growth in manufacturing jobs, because policy coming out of Washington over the last two years has been aimed at those particular areas. I don't think, just as during the first two years of the Obama administration, there was a lot of ener- a lot of things aimed at renewable energy at a time when I think policy got ahead of technology. And that policy was being used to try to force technology to go in a certain path. I would argue I'm not smart enough to figure out where technology should go. I don't want to use policy to determine where technology goes. I want technology to to find its natural path. I want human creativity to find new ways to make energy that is renewable. I want more renewable energy. But I don't want government forcing that issue. You can be in you can be in support of renewable energy and still think that a lot of the that that solar mandates and and and, and wind mandates are foolish ideas that end up causing problems and I think part of the problem that happened out in Sherburne County was because we were trying to force the process rather than letting market forces guide us in a direction. That's what I think has happened. Anyway, I'll be back. I want to give you one more example of where force is being used to guide policy and guide building in a certain direction in a way that I think is pretty cuckoo. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Patriot Mobile wants you to know that you can get a great deal while spending zero of your hard-earned dollars on liberal causes. As President Trump has said, we are in a crisis, and that means every dollar counts. Don't waste your efforts on something as simple as your cell phone. You're going to use it every day and pay for it anyway, so why not switch to a company like Patriot Mobile that is actively fighting for border wall security, pro-life, and Second Amendment rights? Patriot Mobile makes the transition easy. You can call 1-800-PATRIOT and talk to a real live person who shares your traditional American values and will help you save money and switch from big mobile to America's only conservative cell phone company. You get the same reliable nationwide service. And with unlimited plans starting as low as $20 per month, why wait? Visit them online at patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT, 1-800-272-8746. Patriot Mobile, let's secure the border and secure the future of America.
PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. What is truth? That's what Pontius Pilate wanted to know. Well, the truth was standing right in front of him. What would he do with the power and opportunity he'd been given? In this slower and colder season, we tend to have a little more time to reflect. What power and opportunity have we been given? Would the Lord call us a viper or a faithful servant? I pray that we are not distracted from examining ourselves to see where our affections lie and the power and opportunity we've been given through Him. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's Word to examine our hearts and our motives. We try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. Contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. So... Let me talk briefly about one more place where where it seems to be forcing things. So in in the southeast corner of Wisconsin, um, Governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin and and a company called Foxconn that everybody knows makes uh, or should know makes uh, LCD panels uh, that are used in uh, lots of uh, lots of electronic equipment, including iPhones and so forth. Um. Foxconn got a lot of money from uh, Governor Walker to build a plant there that was estimated, that was believed to create a lot of jobs. And that those jobs would be in manufacturing, and they would be able to hire workers in manufacturing. They they had planned to have 13,000 jobs in that place. 5,200 by the end of 2020 um, was, was their initial plan. And that they would be manufacturing jobs, and this was promoted by the governor and by President Trump as being an example of how their policies, Wisconsin's, the federal government, were bringing, were bringing good blue-collar jobs back into the state and into the country. Well, Reuters broke on, in a story that was released on Wednesday. Um, Foxconn Technology Group is reconsidering plans to make advanced liquid crystal display panels at a $10 billion Wisconsin camp- campus and said it intends to hire mostly engineers and researchers rather than manufacturing workforce, the, promise, the, the project originally promised. Okay, the project was announced at the White House in 2017, and it was the largest greenfield investment by a foreign-based company in U.S. history. Trump did it at the White House, had this big statement about what had happened, and now they're saying, oh, we don't think we really want to put that there. I think we're going to put our research and we're going to put our researchers there. We're going to put our engineers there, but we really don't want to build there uh, after all. So uh, that got a lot of coverage. Reuters broke that story on Wednesday, got a lot of coverage. Everyone was like, see, it doesn't work, and so on. And there was a lot, fair amount of outrage. You took the money, and then you, then you um, didn't come through. So, so on Friday, or yesterday, Foxconn comes out and says, no, and so it came out later in the day. I missed the most important part. It came out later in the day that Foxconn was actually trying to think about, do we really need to build that $10 billion plant there? 
it turns out it turns so here's the first two pieces from fox business yesterday apple supplier foxconn confirmed on Friday that it will build a $10 billion Wisconsin plant after concerns bubbled up this week that it was backing away from its initial commitment. Following a call from President Trump, the Taiwanese company doubled down on its Wisconsin plans and said screens for small electronic devices will be built at the new factory. In a statement, the company said the site will serve as an advanced manufacturing facility and a hub of high-technology innovation. Foxconn said its chairman, Terry Gao, and President Trump personally spoke in addition to other discussions between the company and the White House. This is not market capitalism any more than market capitalism is what happened with Excel. Why is the president calling to determine what kinds of activities will happen in a private plant? Okay, I'm going to set aside set aside any disagreements I have about the size of the subsidy that was given to Foxconn by the state of Wisconsin. All right? Put that to one side. All right? I could have, we could take, we could take time to talk about that. I've got 90 seconds. What I will say is this. It is not the business of the federal government to tell you what happens in your plant, what happens in your plant and how to best use your space. If labor costs less in another place than here, why are you why are you trying to force it into this this specific facility my guess is that the that the call went something like we gave you money in order for you to hire manufacturing workers if you expect you're going to get that money you darn well better come through with 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 that workers once you make a deal like this with a government guess what government has lots of levers in which you can't get out of the deal that you were given all right. Maybe next time, Foxconn, you should think twice about making such deals. And I wish government would stop making such deals. It's part of my disagreement with the way economic policy is being done today on both sides of the aisle. Thank you so much for listening today. Go Rams, I say. Thank you, Andrew, for excellent production support. And we'll see you here again next week on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. What would you do if time and money were unlimited? Imagine taking that trip with the family, not having to deal with traffic every day. Hmm, maybe even retiring early. What is keeping you from making these dreams a reality? Is it the lack of trust you have with your advisor or your mutual funds and 401ks that continue to underperform? Take control yourself and learn how the financial market can work to your advantage. You have worked way too hard for your money to let it go. Create extra income and grow your retirement while you're still working and use as income into your retirement. Join us at Online Trading Academy for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250. Use keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy. If you have hair loss, then I have great news for you. This is Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. I urge you to log on to INeedMoreHair.com. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss, INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, their results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. INeedMoreHair.com Experience you can trust. Prices Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. 
Hi, everybody. Randy from RB's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.